Hi kids, welcome to episode 2, series 5, volume 9, part 6, book 1 of an adventure so bold and staggering, it makes Star Wars look like a Tony Blackburn home movie. Welcome to the Animal Enclosure Podcast. My name is Peter, and joining me, as always, is my co-host, Neil. How are you, Neil? Uh, g'day, Peter. I know they would say a win, any win is a good win. Oh, I have my doubts after what I saw on Saturday afternoon. It, it, um, I, I promised my son, I said I would watch the game, win, lose or draw. But the minute the siren sounded, I hit the change channel button because yeah. it was it was painful to watch. It yeah, was, it hurt. It was uh, so, another very ordinary game. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, I, I know we were not great, but uh, North Melbourne. Well, to be fair, they have got a lot of injury injured players out. Uh, yes. As we do, but um, yeah, they obviously don't have any depth at all. Um, I was no. looking at the the list of injured players, and uh, I don't know how they're actually putting a team together, given the, the number of people on the list these days. So yes, um, yes. they obviously uh, having to play uh, some young kids that aren't ready yet, and there's not much they can do about it. But uh, no. We're in a I, pretty similar situation as well. I'm, I like, I think about 43 points up at three quarter time. Our percentage is, is literally in the toilet. Um, so, you know, uh, a four or five goal last quarter, stretch it out to about a 10 goal win, we'll start to just drag back some of the percentage we're behind everyone. So, we let them kick the last five goals of the game. Yeah. And and when I say let, uh, um, that's the only word I can use. I don't think it was through superior skill. It was like our players have gone, oh, we've got this one. We're good. Yeah. Um, we don't need to work hard. We, yeah. we can just rest on our laurels knowing that we've got the four points. And I, I must confess, when I saw the um, the talking heads getting all excited, saying, "Oh, they're right in the mix," you know, the the points, the wins they've got puts them right right there level with about five or six other teams. And I'm thinking, "Oh no, <laughs> not really." <laughs> yeah, you, it's hard to get excited when you've you've just sort of played pretty ordinary to beat the bottom side. Who are, yes. are very ordinary. Um, yeah. Especially uh, coming off of, the uh, the shocking game from the week before against Gold Coast. Well, someone wrote on Big Footy and said um, the Bulldogs beat 
North by 130 points. The Bulldogs beat us by 110 points. And we beat North by 20 points. So oh. there's a nice, nice symmetry there. Yeah, it all works out perfectly then. <laughs> it works out perfectly, yes. Well, I think, in in fairness, we should have been a lot further in front at three-quarter time. Bad kicking again. Oh, um, some of that kicking for goal was just atrocious. Uh, it, it was, considering how much they get paid, that, like, you know, I, I'm in favour of them kidnapping their dogs and holding them as hostages. <laughs> Unless you kick more goals and points, you'll never see your pet again. Yeah. Or um, pick pick a seat in the goals, like behind the goals, put a great big bullseye on and say, if you hit that bullseye from wherever you're kicking, um, I don't know, um, you get a holiday or a car or something. But, yeah. you know, just just give them something to aim at because, like, I thought Josh Battle played really well, but he kicked no goals. Yeah, I think he kicked he, three he, points or something, didn't he? Three points. Yeah. He might have kicked the goal when um, he got smacked in the head and I think it, it went over the back and Higgins ran into an open goal and kicked it. Yeah. But um, I wouldn't have the house on it. With his kicking for goal, he he may well have missed. Oh, look, who knows? He might have kicked the goal and not missed after that, and he might have kicked a lot of goals. But well, look, he's normally a, a fantastic kick. You know, I've I've seen him lots of times have a shot for goal, and if he misses, he just misses. But usually, yes. it, it splits the middle. And the one yes. where he, I can't remember, was a mark or a free kick about 10 metres out, almost directly in front, and he walked back and then just tried to sort of kick it around the corner and missed. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought, why do that? Why yes. not go back, use up all your time, and yes. just kick a, a drop punt? It wasn't on much of an angle at all. Yeah. Um, I, if I was rats, I would have been very angry at just a lazy effort. Considering he's yeah. not a lazy player, but that was lazy. He just thought, oh, um, I'll just pop um, this through. And, and he looked completely silly. It was... Max, Max King worries me in that if he's kicking for goal outside 50, he, he's more often than not, he's going to kick that goal. But anything in the 35-metre range, I think he just tries to steer it through yeah. instead of kicking the ball. Um, and we discussed, like, um, Stuart Lowe, who transformed his kicking because every shot at goal he took, he kicked the ball as hard and as far as he could. Yes. So it became a thing. So, you know, you're 20 metres out, doesn't matter. Kick it into the seconds tier seats, just... just Kick the ball as yeah. hard and as far as you can. Well, that's when Tony Lockett used to play. You'd remember that when he had shots of goal, if he was you know five meters out, he still had the same routine. He yes. still took his time. He still kicked through the ball, did everything 
like he normally would, even if he was 45 metres out. And yes. he had that routine set every time, and that's why he was such a good kick. Yes. Yep. No, no sort of, you know, I'll just do enough. I'll steer this through. Yeah. And how often do you see not only St Kilda players, but players from lots of clubs, you know, they take a mark or free kick, you know, 30, 20, 30 metres out, and they just try to steer it through rather than kick it, kick it properly, and they usually yes. miss. Yes. Because it's not a natural kick to try to steer it. No, no. So you would think that Roughhead would be in Max's ear just saying to him, you know, follow the routine, yep. kick the ball through. Because I, I think his confidence might be shot at the moment. Yeah. I'm not particularly worried about it. He's only 20. Uh, he's, he's only exactly. played under 30 games. Yeah, yes. I'm not sure if he's actually 20 yet. Um, but, um, yeah, it, he'll learn. Um, you yeah. can't expect somebody to come in at that age and be a world beater straight away. No, he's still learning. No, you're right. He, he's young. He, he will get better. Yeah. And, yeah. And I was, I was um, looking through um, the stats, uh, Tony Lockett's stats, actually, because I just wanted to see... Uh, how accurate he was, and uh, as you'd imagine, he was very accurate. But remember the yes. famous game against Carlton where he kicked 10 and the 10th goal was a winning one for for the Saints? At oh, yes, yes. He kicked 10-7 yep. that day. Yeah. So it That's just shows you even the best can have days when they're missing. Yes. Yes. Seven in shots a goal. Yeah. That's, that's and the um, funniest thing then, about that game was that he was obviously best on ground and Lou Richards, who was a commentator and giving the votes, gave his opponent, Silvani, two votes yeah. for second best on ground after yeah. Lockett had, had 17 shots at goal and kicked 10-7, including the winning goal. I don't know about that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I couldn't believe it. I, I laughed so much. Um, so... Our big name players. I did see someone ask the question and said, um, if Brad Hill gets five possessions, how much is each of those possessions worth? Yeah. Like, you know, if, if he's on um, forty to $50,000 a game and he gets five possessions... Then that means that that hand pass was worth ten thousand dollars. I will grant him some freedom because uh, I watched him as much as I could with the TV screen. Obviously, with COVID, and there was no crowd allowed, so yes. you're watching on TV screen, and uh, he did an awful lot of running trying to yep. make space, trying to get in the game. But he was tagged um, by a young kid who did a great job, uh, yes. whose name I don't know. But um, um, Hill was trying. It's not like he just sat back and thought, oh, bugger, I'm having a bad day. I mean, even in yep. the last quarter, he was still running his guts out. It's just one of those days where he'd run and, you know, out to the wing and the St Kilda player with the ball 
would uh, change direction and kick it to the other side and stuff yeah. like that. You know, it, it just wouldn't come his way. Unfortunately, that happens to everyone. It used to happen to yeah. me an awful lot when I play. <laughs> uh, yeah. I couldn't get near the ball either. <laughs> yeah, it, it was always the, the, my teammates' fault because they they look and kick it to someone else. Oh, yeah, no, I, I, I think mine might, may have been skill-related, but... Um, yeah, that okay. was my case too. I was just um, making an excuse to sound good. Now, Luke Dunson was definitely our best player on the ground. Yeah. Um, one stage, I think it was in the third quarter, he'd, he'd taken a mark, like he'd intercepted the play, and I watched him. And he looked forwards, he looked to the side, he looked behind him, and I said to Lynn, he's going to turn this kick over. He just is. This is the Luke Dunstan I know and love. And he kicked it back to Howard and put it a metre over his head, <sighs> which put Howard under pressure. Um, fortunately, we were able to recover the ball and, and get away with it. But I thought, this this is one of the faults in his game. Yeah, like, it is definitely no a fault in his game. Um, there was no one charging at him. Yeah. The, the umpire hadn't called play on, and he had every opportunity, 20-metre kick, and he hit that player on the chest and couldn't, didn't do it. Yeah, if you look back at his career, I'd reckon that, I'm only guessing, but I'd reckon that, say, 80% of his turnovers are, are those sorts of things where he's under yeah. no pressure and yep. kicks, miss kicks or kicks over someone's head or something, a little short pass. Um, yes. He seems, when he's under pressure, he seems, um, I don't know, to have more confidence or or backs himself yes. more or something, or maybe when yeah. he has those easy kicks, he just relaxes too much. I, I don't know. but Yes, um, but that's, that's the story of his football career. Yeah. Um, but he, like, he played he great, play though. One, it was a, a he great did. game. He played one game last year, and, and I think was like second best, like two Brownlow votes. Yeah. You would think that he would probably get the three Brownlow votes from this game. We'd well, have to but, think. Um, you know, I think if Zach Jones or, or Gresham was available next week, well, I don't think he would get dropped, but he would be one of those that they would say, if there are vacancies to be filled, he would be one position they would say, we can replace him. Oh, yeah, look, I mean, if, if either Gresham or Zach Jones had been available for this game, he'd still be playing in the twos. Yes. And you could say the and same thing about Webster. If Patton hadn't have broken his leg in pre-season, uh, yeah. Webster would still be playing in the twos. Yes. Um, sometimes an injury to someone gives a second chance to someone else. And... Um, well, with Dunstan, uh, he might be playing quite a bit this year from now on because uh, seems like Hanabry is uh, gone. Um, he's yes. gone from uh, the, the famous two weeks. Two weeks. 
uh, <laughs> for a, a few weeks, you know, two weeks for his, is it hammy or calf or something? Something like that. Yeah. Uh, yep. Then it stretched out to three weeks and now it's to be confirmed. So, in other words, they have no idea. Then his time might be finished at St Kilda. Yeah, I don't think he will play again for the Saints. I I, I know he's well, got another year or so on his contract, maybe two. Oh, I thought sure. it might have been that you've got to make so many games to trigger the next stage of contract. Oh, well, that could be. I'm, I'm not really sure. They all, all have those sorts of clauses in. Uh, I mm. think anyway, even if he hasn't, uh, even if they want him to play, I have a feeling that he might retire given his frustration yeah. with these injuries that he, he just can't get on the ground. No, unfortunate, because when he when he does, he plays well. He directs yeah. the traffic. He, he's got a smart football brain, just that his body won't won't let it, let it get him on the ground. Yeah, look, we're, but, we're a much better side with him on the ground because he, he directs the younger players to positions. Um, he knows where to go and, and he's great at reading the, the play and all that sort of stuff. But as we said, he, he just can't get on the ground because it's either his calf or his hammy. And, um, yeah, he's just one of those players. That, I mean, that the reality is that there's going to be a lot of people saying he was a waste of money and, and all this sort of stuff. But yes. I don't think he was because it was him coming to St Kilda that started other players coming to St Kilda. Yeah. Because remember, there were a few years there where we had lots of money, they kept claiming that when it got to the trade period, but every player we tried to talk to would go to another club. Nobody would come to yeah. St Kilda, none of the big players anyway. We became a destination club. Yeah. Suddenly he came and and then we started getting, well, not only him, you know, there was younger players that came like Steele and that, but to get a name player to come, suddenly yes. uh, you know, other name players were saying, well, well, I might go there too, and and look at some yes. of the guys we picked up. We have picked up some good players, yeah. yes. So Luke Dunstan was voted as the their player of the round by yep. the fans. Yep. Who uh, to Jack Steele, who, who if he's not best, is second. And, and I think he's figured in just about every game with the votes. I would say so, yeah. And definitely the definitely in the Trevor Barker Award for the best St Kilda player, I think uh, yes. it's, it's basically steals to lose from here. The only way he's going to lose it is if he gets injured and misses the rest of the oh, season. Oh, like your tongue. Do, um, not, do not say injured, please. <laughs> <laughs> Shouldn't have said the I word, no. Oh um, no. Yeah. Um, and the third player was Brad Crouch, who's coming along quite nicely. Yeah, look, he's uh, he's had one or two quiet games, as you'd expect. Yep. Not. Um, it's just the way it is when you're a midfielder. Sometimes it, you get tagged and just can't break free. But uh, pretty much, he's done what he's been paid for in in every other game. And and if he's taking a tagger, then that releases someone else. 
Yeah, and not only that, he's been um, sort of used as the in and under player that Steele used to be, yeah. which has given Steele the chance to uh, get more possessions and do more with the ball um, because Crouch is there. And uh, I think um, Steele will be learning from Crouch because Crouch is more experienced. Uh, yes. Young guys like Bytel and Burns will all be learning from Crouch because I've watched on on the screen and at the football that uh, Crouch does a lot of pointing and yelling and, you know, marshalling guys to tell them where to go and things like that, like Hanabry does. And yes. I think that's what they needed because, um, especially with Hanabry not on the ground, they, they need somebody yes. to to organise things and organise players into position. And uh, there are a lot of guys that like Gresham and Billings and that who have been transitioned into more midfield players or for most of the game. Um, they're still learning that role. You know, it's not to go from a, a small forward to a, a midfield role like Gresham, for example. Um, you've got a lot to learn about where to be when there's a ruck um, uh, throw-ins and ball-ups and stuff like that and and how to watch your man and, and, and everything and, and reading yeah. the tap and all that sort of stuff. Um, Gresham has been showing great promise, but unfortunately two serious injuries in two years. Of, Season ending, yes. Yes, it's, it's been really harsh on him considering he was playing very well both years before he got injured. So Yes, um, and I, I did enjoy uh, the players getting around Burns when he kicked his first goal. Yes, yes. I, I think that's a great thing that's that's come into the game. Uh, I think just about every club does it now when, when yes. someone kicks their first goal. I mean, it's always exciting for the, a young kid to kick their first goal. And, well, uh, uh, to see, when he took the mark... I, I watched him and I'm thinking, I oh, could probably go back and take the kick. And then he thought, oh, there's no one there. I'll, I'll just play on. And, oh, yes. And when he, when he kicked it, I'm thinking, he must have looked at that last North player thinking, just get over his head. Just <laughs> <jump>. <laughs> Don't let him jump up and tap it. And he timed it to perfection. It lobbed over the North player's head through for a goal. So yeah. That'll be something he he will relive and he'll enjoy. I remember that too because he he took them up and he was miles in the clear. There was no one around him, and I think yes. he got a shock that he was in yes. the clear, that close to goal. And he took like a step and then thought, "Oh, I better run," and then he <laughs> took off again, and then uh, yeah, kicked the goal. So yeah, that was great and. Uh, he's been a good find uh, already yes. this year, considering um, he played one game last year, didn't he? And he and he looked. Mm-hmm. They played him as a small forward, and he looked, you know, like uh, a kid playing in a man's game. He is yes. uh, sort of like uh, overwhelmed. I think. Uh, I think he's a smart player, and he uses the football well. Yeah, yeah. Him and Bytel, I think, are going to be great long-term players, provided we yes. can keep them. We can't afford to lose guys like that because no. um, 
both of them, I think, have got big futures. Yes. Yes. So, ready for some questions? Oh, you ready for a quiz question? Well, anything else that we want to discuss about football? Um, um, oh, what about a quick comment about how do you think we're going to go against Sydney? Is it their home game? Um, well, officially it's our home game, but it's been moved up to Sydney. So uh, it's their uh, home game, but it's our home game. No, I don't know if, if that means if we – I think we play them again later in the year and whether that one will be moved back if it's all right to be moved back to Marvel. I, I don't know. It, it would have been better if it had been at Marvel. Um Hopefully they can have their kicking shoes on um, and that uh, Franklin doesn't have a day out. Yeah. Uh, I worry that uh, Sydney seem like they're just too well drilled for us. Yes. They're, they're like uh, we struggle against teams that are well drilled like um, the Tigers, the, Bulldog. the Bulldogs, yeah. um, Port Adelaide. They're all very well team drilled, and they know what to do all the time. And uh, we rely on just indi- individual moments of glory, basically. This uh, this is a perfect example of an eight point game. If we win this, and Sydney don't, obviously, then that that'll put us further ab- above Sydney. Yeah. So. Um, everything to play for yeah well i mean who knows let's hope we win um yes but uh i mean i'll be picking the saints because i I do in the tips every week which is why i'm usually down towards the bottom (laughs) of the tipping and um Um, yeah yeah, and then do we have the buy is it uh we must be coming up soon to a yeah, buy. Yeah, the first lot of teams has a buy this week. So I think we have and the week after. Tomorrow is the mid-season draw? Yeah, a draft, yes. Um, Sorry, yes, draft. And we can, so, we can uh, pick between one and five players. Yeah. I, uh, I don't know okay. how many they're going to pick because... All they have to do is move four of our uh, our retired or season-ended players onto yep. the long-term injury or whatever it is list, and then they can pick up as many or up to up to five players, which sounds like mm-hmm. they need to get extra players from somewhere. Do we target a ruckman? Well, unfortunately. Uh, the best two ruckmen look like they're going to go picks one and two from what I've been uh, reading on the the AFL site. Yes. Um, the two young kids, obviously, who are who have come on. Uh, there's also uh, somewhere around there's a, a guy that used to play volleyball. He's like 211 centimetres tall or something. Yes. Somebody's got their eye on him, um, and I think they're all picks, they're all teams that are picking before we do. So um, it's one of those things. Do you, do you, if all those, the good ruckmen go, do you pick 
a not so promising ruckman as a backup mm-hmm. who you're probably going to end up delisting at the end of the year or end of next year anyway. I think we did that at the start of this year. Yeah, with Hunter, uh, Paul Hunter, yeah. Uh, and McKernan. And McKernan. I think they're both going to be possibly one-year players. That was desperate, yes. desperate situation with Marshall being injured and no one else there really. And How do you look, look, um, uh, Ratton said last week after the North Melbourne game that we had our team, we had the four players who were the emergencies, and then the only other players they could pick from were Albert Cac. Alba Cacus, Alba Albacus, Albacus, I think his name is, uh, who's a uh, American ruckman who's just learning the game, a Category B rookie or whatever he is, yes. Um, yes. and young Connolly and young Allison, and that's it. Yes. And so that's a first year player and a second year player who neither of who have played senior football. Um, and that's why you know, they couldn't make any more changes than they had. Um, mm. You know, he said they they wanted to make changes, but then when Clark got injured and McKernan got injured and whoever else was got injured, and uh, they had no choice, and um, it was it's pretty desperate. So they're going to have to get a, at least a couple players um, just for in case we have a run of injuries again. Yes. Yeah. No. That, that sounds good. Hopefully, there's there's a couple of good players left over by the um, time we get to have a pick. Yeah, and I think there there are quite a few players who didn't get drafted because remember last year uh, most of the the games were off because of COVID, and yes. uh, there are a lot of players that didn't get a chance to show their their skills and uh, ability, and uh, then therefore didn't get picked when the draft came around. So uh, I'm sure there are young players out there that uh, everybody's been looking at. So it'll be interesting to see yeah. what happens. It will. And we will welcome to the to the club. And uh, hopefully if they get the chance to wear the Guernsey, they do, do themselves proud. Exactly. Okay. Let's have some quiz questions. So I'll start you off. Okay. Who is the number one ticket holder at St Kilda? Oh, I want to say Eric Banner. And you're correct. The Incredible oh, Hulk. Really? Yeah. Eric Banner. Yes. Yeah. I was next might have been Molly Meldrum. Well, I thought that. Um, mm-hmm. But, I mean, he used to be, but... Uh, Maybe because of his health or something, I'm not sure. But they... I think Eric Banner bleeds red, black, and white. So yeah, yeah that's that's a good pick. I like that. Yeah. Uh, I'll give you another question next. After yep. round eleven, who are the two equal leading goal scorers at St Kilda for this year? I'll go Jack Billings and Tim Membry. We got right one right. Tim Membry. That was Billings. Tim Membry. Yeah. Um, Max King. No. 
This was a surprise to me as well when I read it. Uh, is it Loney? No, but you're in the right sort of field. Like Higgins? Yeah. Jack okay. Higgins and Tim Membry have kicked 16, which yes. isn't great when you consider we've played 11 games. No, it's Max not. Max King has kicked 13. I think he's 13-19 or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, you got a question? I do. I'm a who am I? Okay. I was recruited to the club and played 77 games, including a representative game for the VFL. Hmm. My first game was when I was 21 years old, and my last was as uh, 25 years old, and I prematurely retired from the game. In keeping with the era, I held down a full-time job as a policeman. At 26, I was one of the youngest appointed to this position in 1961. In my first year, I took the Saints to their first final appearance in 22 years. I was inducted into the AFL Hall of Fame in 1996. I ended my career at Richmond with a losing record, but having won three premierships at Hawthorne. Ah. I I thought that the um, um, appointed to the position in 1961 and took the Saints to their first final appearance in 22 years. Alan James? Alan James ah. is correct. Of course. God, why didn't I think of that before? Three Hawthorne oh. premierships, yeah. Yes, seven consecutive grand finals. I, thought I don't remember him finishing up at Richmond, though. Yes, he did. Um, five wins, 17 losses. Ah. So um, it was only the fourth fourth time he had a, like a, a losing season. Gee. I thought the job as a policeman might have given it away. Ah, uh, yeah, uh Probably should have, but you know, there's just too many and players that come into your head. <laughs> yes, and 26, um, one of the youngest. I prob- probably should have thrown in. Um, they still had players who were captain coaches at the time. Yeah. Oh, that's a good one. A very good one. And are you ready for the TV one? Yep, yep. Oh, this is a bit convoluted. convoluted. It's okay. I originally aired for two seasons in 1964 and 1966. I returned to TV in 1972 in the new Scooby-Doo movie crossover. 
I went back to TV in 1973 for 16 episodes and did a Halloween special in 1977. My fourth and fifth seasons came in 1992 and 1993 as an animated series before my sixth and final season on TV in 1998 and 1999, which included one of the original stars from 1964. The name of my show was based on my creator, who had an unusual last name with a different spelling. This bit I didn't know. I've been made into five movies with the latest made in 2021. Huh. There is eclectic mix in this TV show about a family who has a child named after a day of the week. Oh, um, 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 um. Adam's family. And the music goes, da 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 there you go, the Adams family. Wow, that took a that took a long time for me to get. <laughs> well, as I said, I, I, I did not know. I, I remember the black and white ones. I don't remember any of the others. I, uh, I remember the first movie that came out. Yeah. But there is one that's been made, and it's just waiting to be released. Oh. So I, I don't know if it's a, um, with actors or it's a animated one. Um, yeah, and um, in 1988-1999, Grandpa was um, Gomez. So he, he went back to the show and he played Grandpa. Oh, did he? Gee. Yeah. Can you tell me some of the unusual things family that the Adams family had? What do you mean? Well, you've got um, Gomez. Can you name some of the other um, family members? Oh, yeah. There was um, obviously Wednesday. Yes. Um, is it Pugsley? No. Pugsley is correct. Pugsley yes. is correct. Um, yeah. Thing? Thing, yes. Um, Lurch? Oh, very good. Yes. You um, rang. <laughs> yeah, you rang. Uncle Fester. Uncle Fester. Um, um, we, we mentioned Grandpa. I can't remember the, the name of the girl who was human. Morticia? Yes, Morticia. Uh, that's about it, I think. Oh, I think you've done very well. And and there was the hand that answered the phone. Yeah. I don't, oh, who, who oh, that was, was Thing, uh, yeah. That was Thing. Then who was the little hairy thing? You know, there was a, a creature that was just like a hat, sunglasses, and was like a little uh, fur bulb. Wasn't that Cousin It or something like that? Cousin It. Yes, you've done very well. I think you've done mm. pretty much them all, except for who the human was, and I don't know. I should have looked it up. 
<laughs> no, I have no <laughs> idea. Which is what I'll do when I get off the, the podcast. <laughs> okay. Well, that was good. Good one. All right, I've got a who am I for you. Yes. Uh, but first, uh, I was browsing around the internet and yes. uh, just looking at football things, and I came across ESPN site. Yes. And they've got this um, Brownlow Medal leaderboard of by their uh, whoever it is that's in charge of the AFL on on the site. Yes. And uh, out of the top twenty that he's yes. ranked, what uh, these are um, uh, players in relation to winning the Brownlow. Uh, yeah. considering how their season's gone so far, according to this guy. Uh, yes. Where do you reckon Jack Steele was ranked? Not in the top 20. Oh, no, he's in the top 20, yeah. He is? Yeah. Then, then 18? I don't think he'd be ranked very high. Unbelievable. You're spot on. <laughs> 18th. Uh, Wow, these will be my tap lotto numbers for tonight. <laughs> yes, that, that's, that's a great get. Um, I thought he'd be at least in the top ten, considering he finished equal third last year, and yes. uh, he's been he's probably been in the St Kilda votes every game so far this year. Yes, we've um, won five games. Yes, and yes, and we've won five games, and he's probably been at least. Best or second best in those five games. Yes. Um, they haven't given him, or this guy hasn't given him a best on ground performance yet, or three votes yet, which okay. I found pretty mind blowing. Um, yes. Yeah, 18th out of the top 20. Uh, yeah. He reckons Clayton Oliver so far would be out in front, which I think is probably true. Yes. I think uh, at the beginning of the season, I put uh, $20 on Petrarca, who was $11, and I think he might be into $4.50. But yep. I think... Um, yeah, he was, he, was, he was up there as well. Um, no, I think um, Clayton Oliver, is that the right name? Yep. And Kelly, I think, I think that yeah, they're the ones who will be fighting it out. They, they seem to be a cut above this season. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree with that. I, I think, well, the only, only thing is they, they also had Max Gorn up there as well. So, I mean, that's three players from one club who could possibly take votes off each other. So Yes. Um, but then sometimes it doesn't work that way. Sometimes somebody gets all the votes and someone misses out. So, who knows? Mm. Well... All right, so I've got a who am I for you. Yes. Um, I've got to change this around a bit so because um, there are certain things I could say but it would give it away. Um, so I'll, I'm just going to go with some things and then I'll bring in the other things as we go along if you don't, uh, yep. if you don't get it. Okay, so my first year I played 12 games. And in those 12, the Saints won three and lost nine. 
Sounds familiar, doesn't it? It does. Um, that could be any year. <laughs> yes. Uh, I made a debut, my debut as a 17-year-old. Uh, only played at what was then Dockland State Stadium, which is now Marvel, obviously. Uh, played yes. once for two kicks, no marks and one goal. After a successful career for the Saints, I changed clubs and then twice kicked six goals against the Saints. Um, yes. That would be right. Do you um, want to have a guess or like it going? Uh, um, um, modern day or are we talking back a few years? Um, let's see how I can put this. Uh... After 1970, how's that? Okay. I've got to be careful because if I give you everything, you will guess straight away. And kick six goals against us twice. Yep. Uh, I wore number 37. Right. When I first played. Um, Yeah. When I started, during my career at St Kilda, I gave away more frees than I got every year. One year I got 11 free kicks and gave away 65. <laughs> okay. oh, um, Barry Hall? No. But you're on the right line. Yeah. Um, Fraser Gary? No. He came to the club. Um, no, more information. More please. information. I I am the leading goal kicker in AFL VFL history. Oh, Tony Lockett. Tony Lockett. Yes. Yeah. The year that he gave, I got eleven free kicks and gave away sixty-five. It was yeah. 1987 when he won the Brownlow. Yes. So the umpires who crucified him all year then gave him the Brownlow to make up for it. Oh. And he topped the um, goal kicking that year as well, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah, he got 100 and, oh, 117 or 120 something. I, I can't remember. But. Um, uh. Yeah, the, I, I, the best best full forward in the history of football. Well, yeah, yeah no, I think you have to say that. Definitely. The, um, I, I said to my son the other day, uh, I would be in favour of taking the Brownlow voting away from umpires. Yeah. Um, only because they see midfielders. That's that's all they see. They mean they don't see anything else. Yeah. Uh, that like you can have a red hot full forward, you know, who's kicking bags of six, seven, eight, nine, ten goals, and then the full back doesn't get get a kick, like absolutely blankets them. They will not score a vote. Exactly. They're not in the midfield. Wasn't yeah. wasn't Tony Lockett the first full forward to win a Brownlow? I. I think he might have been, yeah. yes. And the only and, one since. Um, I know we're biased, but um, 
I think Nick Rewalt would have been the best player running around for quite a few years at his peak, and he never got close. Yeah. Well, Jason Dunstall was uh, only like 100 goals in uh, behind Tony Lockett in his career, yeah. and so he was a great player. He never got close to winning. No. Um, and, you know, full back, centre back, centre forward, full forward. And has it been a while since a Ruckman's won it? Yeah. I'm just trying to think who was the last Ruckman I, to win it. I know Peter Moore won it as yeah. a Ruckman. Um, Wasn't there a, a Melbourne bloke with with red hair or something? That... Oh, I'm not sure. Uh, uh, again, I have to look that up, but yeah. um, I think it's been a while. Yeah, it's um, certainly been a while. I don't, think, I don't think Dean Cox ever won a... Brownlow, but he was definitely the best for, uh, best ruckman running around for a long time. Yeah. Uh, look, almost every year over the last probably five or six years, there's been at least one ruckman who, before the Brownlow, they've all said, oh, he's a big chance yes. to win, and has ended up with very little votes. Um, wasn't it um, Brody Grundy? He was, the, you know, they said he might figure. He had a really good year at Collingwood. Yeah. But come the voting, no. He, yeah. You know. Exactly. He, he and replaced, but, as you said, uh, a defender never gets a vote. No. Unless so they're really um, sort of. Uh, what would you call, you know, the standout? Flamboyant. Flamboyant and uh, and get lots of the ball yourself. But yes. um, usually if that's the case, then your opponent gets lots of the ball as well. So uh, yeah. I, I think um, it's basically a midfielder's award. It is, which is, as I said, I'd be happy to take, the votes away from the umpires and you have uh, like a panel of experts who, who look at the game and, and, and vote accordingly. Yeah, sure. I, I totally agree. I think, um, I mean, the umpires have got enough on their minds just umpiring the game. And yes. then well, they, they get into the rooms afterwards and they say, oh, well... Uh, I still had a lot of the ball, but yeah, I think he was best player. We'll give him three votes. And, and does that mean then that if you've had an outstanding fourth quarter, you're more, more likely to get votes? More than that likely, be, yeah. You could star in the first season, three and yes. then not get a vote because you, the umpires forget about you when they do the votes. Yes. And I'm, as you said, if you're, you're playing full back, and you keep your full forward kickless, you still yeah. won't get a vote. Would take away the romance of the game, but, uh, but uh, you know, they make rule changes all the time. Um, we used to have one umpire on the ground. We've, we've now got three. Um, I, I just think it's a natural progression to, you know, tap a few commentators and say you're in charge of the votes. Oh, not the commentators. 
Not the commentators? No, look, remember uh, the, uh, like, Lou Richards and that, when they used oh. to give their votes for player of the day, oh. and I remember what they gave it? Robert Klomp yeah. best on ground, yeah. and he had seven possessions. Um, oh, I thought he had six. You've been oh, it might have been six, yeah. My memory's not that great. Um, and you got a TV out of it. Yeah, you got a TV. <laughs> and uh, back in the days when TVs were expensive. And, yes. uh, yeah, it was pretty amazing. And, of course, some commentators have their favourite players. They do. They, they give votes. No, you need a panel of um, maybe football writers or stuff, you know, that write in papers and stuff and, and, yeah. and look at, the whole game and and all that sort of stuff, maybe that sort of thing, or, or even pay a group of people to do it. Yes. Um, you know, that, that's their job. I mean, they have tri- tribunal members and all that sort of stuff. Have, yes. You know, a group of experts at each game and, you know, they decide on who gets the votes. Yes. I, I haven't – they've never explained to me how – not to me, but I've never heard it explained how – three umpires come to the conclusion of who gets the votes anyway. Yes. Because surely no. they've all got different, you know, theories about, well, he played well or he played well. Is it yeah. like they just sort of go, well, you know, oh, well, two of us reckon he played well so he'll get the three votes or something like that? I think you might be right, Yes. Yes. Yeah, it's well, um, a bit strange. Thank you, Peter. No um, problem. I'll, I'll say go thanks, but uh, I'm looking forward to our Fearless for podcast tomorrow. Yes. And I'm, I'm setting you a challenge. Oh, okay. Um, through the podcast, I will um, try and hide. So you've got to see if you can find them. Five Monty Python references. Ah, oh, oh, great. <laughs> oh, so, I like that. Yeah. And them, for the for them. anyone that uh, is who doesn't know what we're talking about, it's the Fearless Four podcast. Or oh no, it's not all one word. That's that's the email. Uh, the yeah. Fearless Four podcast. Um, and it's Neil and me talking about the books that Neil has written and books and as per usual we get uh, waylaid into talking about other stuff all the time like we do with every podcast we do Yes. but uh, yeah it's good fun and uh, it's some really interesting stuff and you should tune in and see if you can spot the uh, Monty Python references Absolutely. Because I know what Neil's so, like, and he's very good at hiding things like that, so that's going to be a real challenge. I, I, I promise not to throw out things like, I'm not dead yet. I'm <laughs> sure that would be a giveaway. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> You'd spot that quite easily. I was counting on the, at least one of them to be really obvious. Oh, no, there will be one that will be really obvious. Oh, that's but, all right. Yeah, uh, I'll do my best. I'll see what I can come up with. Okay. Uh, if you Thank want you. to get in touch with us, uh, where's the email? Oh, yes, it's at uh, bagger, B-A-G-G-A, 2008, 
all one word, at outlook.com. I have to remember, I haven't yeah. said it for a while. Um, write to us and let us know. Let us know where, you, where you're listening from. Um, I should throw out a few hellos while we're at it. Uh, yes. a, a good friend of mine from England, uh, Dooley's Left Legs. Uh, yep. He's um, uh, become a St Kilda supporter and he listens to our podcast every time we do. Yes. And uh, he's been out trying to get people more listen more listeners. Yes. Uh, um, and uh, yeah, he's he's a, a, a good good friend. Friend of the uh, show. Well, yeah, big hello, and and we hope you enjoy the podcast. Yes. Yeah. Okay. All right. Thanks, Peter. All right. See you now. Let's speak to you tomorrow. All right. Bye. Bye. As per usual, we're going to finish with the Gaelic song written about St Kilda, Ireland, which is just west of Scotland. Enjoy. Hush, my kippers, sheen, my ripper, follow me, good goose of wood. Hush, my kippers, sheen, my ripper, follow me, good goose of wood. The hickney hound be sported, picking, Polly, here's the sheen, dear all. The hickney hound be sported, picking, Polly, here's the sheen, dear all. Hush, my kippers, sheen, my ripper, follow me, good goose of wood. Hush, my kippers, sheen, my ripper.